0: I'm Jen Taylor Skinner, and this is The Electorate. On this episode, I have a conversation with Wendy Osefo. Wendy is a political commentator and a professor of education at Johns Hopkins University. She also served on the Obama administration's anti-poverty initiative. Wendy joins me to talk about everything from the current political climate to the recent Black Lives Matter protests. We also discuss recent polling of the 2020 presidential election, and of course, the many, many failings of the Trump administration. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Wendy Osefo. Wendy Osefo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I really want to talk to you about this moment in history because I saw a tweet the other day that really got my attention. I think it was from Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. And she said that the civil rights movement didn't end. It didn't end and that we're living it right now. It's ongoing. And I think that that's pretty you know, accurate. What's happening in the streets with the Black Lives Matter protests. You know, what do you think this moment actually means?
1: I think this moment right now is a defining moment in our country and in our nation. Uh, I think that what we have to realize is that without cameras, this has been the backdrop of the lives of Black people for years. It just so happens that the death of George Floyd was videotaped. But this has happened so many times and enough is enough. I always tell people, you know, I'm so happy that Black Lives Matter has become a battle cry that people are more aware about now in 2020. But I remember marching when Black Lives Matter started before it was even a hashtag with the death of Trayvon Martin. It was the death and killing of Trayvon. Martin that ignited the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And so I say all that to say, you know, the civil rights movement was a time that we look to as a historic time in society and we came through that as a nation, but it hasn't ended because it's just evolved in different ways. And that's what people have to understand. And I'm just so excited to see different faces, different races, different ethnic backgrounds really fighting now because it's going to take our nation to come together as one in order for us to end systemic racism.
0: You're absolutely right. It has evolved, right? That's the perfect word for it. And when I think about, you know, what you just said, marching when Trayvon Martin was murdered, the movement, you know, it was kind of in its infancy. But what I think is really interesting now is the reaction from conservatives. Now that people are marching around the world for Black Lives Matter, they, their reactions are really extreme, right? I mean, it's like you've splashed holy water on them. Like, what do you think that they think Black Lives Matter actually means? Like, what does it mean to them? You hear people saying, like, not in my town. You're not going to bring Black Lives Matter into my town. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And the way I answer this question may actually be controversial. I think that they are very clear what Black Lives Matter means. I think they are very clear what Black Lives Matter stands for, but they don't want to accept what Black Lives Matter means, because if they do, that means that they are accepting that this country is inherently racist. And that's the truth. And that's the uncomfortable truth. We are saying Black Lives Matter because Black lives are the ones that are under attack. We're saying black lives matter because the statistics show that black and brown children in schools are treated differently. That's why we're saying black lives matter. But you see, it's not just black lives matter. It's black lives matter because black lives have been treated as less than for so many years in this country. So I think that conservatives are fully aware of what this means. Um, I think that is willful ignorance for them to say, no, black lives, You know, we're not going to accept that. It's not the hashtag that's the issue, it's the premise of the hashtag that's an issue. And I think that when we are having these conversations with people, these are people who are elected Congress people. They're pretty smart, you know, they're pretty uh, erudite in nature. And so, you know, these are the same individuals who say, because they're conservatives, that a baby's life matters at the beginning of gestation. You don't have to come out of the womb for your life to matter. But as soon as you're created, your life matters. And therefore, they're against abortion. So if they're able to understand that a baby's life matters at the beginning of creation, then I'm pretty sure that they're competent enough to understand that Black lives matter because Black lives are the ones under attack.
0: No, you are absolutely right. That's not controversial at all. I mean, that's actually the conclusion that you know I've come to. And it's not complicated, right? Like you said, these mm-hmm. are not unintelligent people, you know, um, it's, it's a really simple concept, like our our lives, Black lives do actually matter. And the fact that they try to conflate it with or have the debate around like, well, no, it's all lives. And, you know, they actually understand what it means. And I think it's really naive for people to think that anyone who's aligned with conservatives or the Republican Party at this moment, at this juncture in our political history is not doing so because of racism, because of what they're doing mm-hmm. to Black and brown people in this country. I mean, that would be naive. Absolutely, I, I agree. What we're seeing happening is the same thing we're seeing
1: happening with, you know, mask when it comes to COVID nineteen is this level of politicizing a um, of movement or politicizing a mask, right? Like if you wear a mask, you know, you must be on the left because, you know, people who are conservative don't think that masks should be required. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. We're politicizing the social issues that are coming and rallying around as human beings and saying, you know what, this is wrong. You know, the way certain people are treated are wrong. And we have to eradicate that from our country. If we're going to be the greatest nation in the world, then we have to make sure that everyone who's part of this nation is treated fairly. So it's just, just constant politicizing of issues within our country that is really hindering us.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was thinking about this is one of those issues that should not be politicized, you know, again, like the masks, but just saying that an entire group of people within our country, you know, I'm going to align with a party who thinks that their lives don't matter. Right. right. Um, you know, one of the other things that that muddies the water, and I don't really want to pick on anyone in particular, but, you know, when people who have rather large platforms, You know, say confusing things like if you align yourselves with the Black Lives Matter movement, that will lead to Black supremacy. (laughs) Mm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, and that's really interesting. There's no such thing as black supremacy. and If you align yourself with the Black Lives Matter movement, if you think that'll lead to black supremacy, are they inherently saying that right now our nation is being led by white supremacy. And so, you know, sometimes these people are a walking contradiction in the things that they say inherently allude to why there are issues in our country. Black people are not looking to be better than anyone. We are just looking to have equity, and we're looking to have the ability to enjoy this country and this land to the same extent that other people are. That's all we're asking for.
0: <laughs> You've got, and then we have little ones there. I have little ones here too. Oh my other. gosh. <laughs> uh, who are you telling?
1: Um, So I have turned into a camp counselor, as well as a mom, as well as a short order cook, just trying to balance it all. And that includes my little ones who have turned my house into a camp. So they're screaming, even as big as this house is, I can still hear them. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. But well, so another thing that's really worrying, I think, and um, just depends on you know how optimistic you are, how pessimistic you are. The recent polls, right? So, so in the twenty twenty presidential race, Biden has been ahead in most of them. You know, and even Texas, I think, has, is being considered as a toss up now, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, there's this poll that came out. I think it was from the Economist. It was some recent poll that came out and everyone was talking about you know like oh you know like how far biden is ahead but when it broke it down by race and i found that really disheartening because you know just under half of white voters were still in favor of trump you know and i just think like at this moment and i and forgive me for repeating myself it's just like at this moment there is no other reason to align yourself with trump or with conservatives because he's clearly he's he's racist he's running on racism And that is literally, literally the only thing he's been consistent on. That's the only thing he's competent at. It's the only Mm -hmm. thing he's good at. Right. And so that's the only reason at this point that you would vote for Trump.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting because that's the only reason that Trump got elected. I remember I wrote a piece. It was the night that the election results were coming out in 2016. And my piece, when I was done writing it, I was like, what am I going to name this article? And I was like, well, I'll just name it how I feel. And I said, Trump did not win. Hatred did. That was what won the 2016 election, was people's inherent hatred towards a certain group of people and their inherent belief that this person would be able to upholster their beliefs and their ideologies, period. And that's what we continue to see today. There is nothing that Trump has done. That would warrant someone to say, no, 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 but I'm voting for him because of the economy. The economy sucks. The economy is done, right? (laughs) Like it's done. Like it's over. Like every win he has had since his presidency has been rolled back with all of the losses that have happened within the last six months. So it's done. So what's your excuse now? thousands and thousands of people have died because he did not want them to wear a mask. What is the excuse? He retweeted a tweet um, a few weeks ago where his supporters were screaming, White Lives Matter. And, and this is something that he retweeted. And then the you know White House came out and said, oh, he did not hear the video and did not know that was said. That's, that's not true. We all know it's untrue. So at this point, I agree with you. Completely, and saying, Why are people supporting him? Oh, I know why. The only reason you can't support him is what he's been the most consistent on ever since his Charlottesville, both sides, you know, there were good people on both sides comment. He's consistent on perpetuating white supremacist ideologies. So that's the only thing that makes sense for why someone will support him.
0: Right, because you can't be voting for him for his coronavirus response, right? I mean, oh, absolutely not. <laughs>
1: No, absolutely not. You can't be voting yeah. for, him for that, and you can't be voting for him because he's such a he's such a caring person who who loves children. Because he's the same person who puts children in cages. So I don't know why. Wh- what is the allure here?
0: I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's so the 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 poll that I'm talking about it broke it down. It was a really simplistic breakdown. It was black, white, Hispanic, right? And we know that the country is more complicated racially than that. But let's just go with those three groups, right? So you know, obviously. Trump had the highest support amongst white voters. And then there was the Hispanic vote, which is right in the middle. And then there's the Black vote. And I've always been really confused and curious about what the numbers are for, you know, the Latinx community, right? Mm-hmm. They were in favor of Trump by 35%, which is high, right, in comparison to mm-hmm. Black voters, which was just 7%. I, I don't understand that. Do you
1: understand it? I do not understand that. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand I I will forever say this, and this is why on every time I've been on TV or done a podcast, I always get stumped here. I don't get it. I like this is where all my background, you know, is thrown out the window is. You know, I don't I don't understand the allure. I don't understand people gravitating towards you know this particular person, and it's just very unclear to me.
0: So speaking of the election. What do you make of the I guess the suspicion that you know what Trump's doing in Portland for instance is kind of a test case for what he'll do if he loses the election in November meaning you know occupying the streets essentially with you know these kind of unmarked federal officers.
1: Honestly I feel like if Trump loses the election, that will be the roughest 90 days of our lives. I I have said it before and I'll say it again. Everything he can possibly do he will do. Everything he can possibly do to hurt people he will do because one thing that is consistent, just like, you know, his leaning towards white supremacist notions is he is very, very, very immature and he's a sore loser. And so he's so obsessed with the idea of winning, of being a winner, of being the master negotiator, that when he does not win, how will he react? And I think it's something for us as a country to really have our eyes open to, because I don't think he will go down without a fight.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think that people overlook in relation to, like you said, him wanting to win, his needing to win, because I, I think when we look back on 2016, when he actually realized that he won the election and that kind of look of shock, I don't think he actually really wanted to be a president or he expected to mm-hmm. be president. You know, mm-hmm. um, I still don't think he likes the job, honestly. Mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, I think that, again, he doesn't like to lose, but also people forget the fact that he is not running just for himself. He's not winning just for himself. He's taking an an entire administration of people who have their own agenda, right? Like Mm -hmm. Stephen Mm -hmm. Miller, right? And his own children, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. they're all making money or they're putting forth, you know, some kind of racist agenda, you know, Chris Kobach, you know, with the census and you know, Trump is not just running as Trump. He's running with this group of people who all have an agenda that's not good for democracy.
1: I agree with that. I think that it's, you know, as you rightfully said, it's not just him. as a group of people that are behind him. But I honestly feel as though, you know, Trump, he's not innocent here, but I also do believe that Trump did not think he was going to win. And so when he did win, it was these groups of people who gravitated towards him. And those groups of people who gravitate towards him are also people who have these white supremacist ideologies, right? Um, and they were people who wanted to help him. So it's it's really interesting how this came about, who he is, what he is, and what he stands for, and uh, the people in his camp who think like him. I mean, Stephen Miller is just one of these people that, my goodness, he he is the architect of some of the worst policies coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And oftentimes we harp on Trump but Pence is not any better. He has his own history of, of, of just really deep dark ways of thinking towards people in this country, so it's it's uh it's really a, a a carpool a circus of clowns and Trump is just a ringleader.
0: I love that a carpool a circus of clowns <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, but you know I I I'm thinking about them. One of the most recent executive orders, and it was the one where to not count people who aren't citizens in the census, which is unconstitutional. I mean, it's clearly unconstitutional, right? and uh, you know they're doing that for the purposes of drawing congressional lines in favor of whiteness or you know not in favor of black and brown people right mm-hmm. and i honestly that does not sound like something that trump would come up with on his own because i'm not really sure he fully understands how you know congressional lines are drawn um, mm-hmm. You know, again, that sounds like it's being driven by someone else in his administration. I mean, I don't, we don't have any proof of that, but I mean, that's what makes me think that, you know, there are a lot of people who are running for the 2020 ticket and it's not just Trump.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, there's so many factions within this country and I believe that there are people who are running for the 2020 t- ticket and it's not just Trump. I think that one thing people may not know is I think that Trump is being used as a puppet Um, I don't think this guy cares about the office. I don't think he respects the, the dignity of the office. I don't think that this is, you know, he doesn't even read his national briefings. So this is not something that is of interest to him, but he just simply likes to be loved. He likes to be liked. And the people who love and like him are the people who lean towards this way. And so he is a puppet for their agenda. He's just carrying out their agenda. This is not really his agenda. This is just him, you know, being a narcissist, so to speak, and embracing people who love him and worship him and just carrying out what he thinks is the platform that they want to see done.
0: So no one really has the answer to this but I'm just curious about what your opinion is because we don't actually know until it actually happens. So I'm talking about the the 2020 election and the Russian interference and the voter suppression What do you think, in your opinion, are the chances of those things disrupting the 2020 election that, you know, will make Biden's lead kind of moot? Right. It won't matter, I guess, Mm -hmm. essentially, you know, giving Trump the win.
1: Yeah, I think that is something that we need to definitely be on the lookout for, because right now so many things are happening within our country and our attention can easily be, you know, stirred to look at one thing while other things are happening behind the scenes. So everyone is focused on the protests, the marches, everyone is focused on COVID-19. But, you know, no one has really started to look to see the ways in which foreign countries and foreign entities can possibly interfere in the 2020 elections. So that is definitely a big concern that I have been talking about that since 2016 is the big shiny object of you know this is how the russians interfered yes but that election is done how do we ensure that they don't interfere again and i'm i would love to hear what policies are coming out um to ensure that that doesn't that that doesn't happen again
0: yeah there are a lot of things that are worrying i mean the fact that we don't really have a solution to these kind of unmarked agents or officers whatever they are going into cities and in trump you know trying to deploy them to other cities like detroit and chicago um that's Mm -hmm. worrying i've listened to lots of interviews about that and you know the only recourse i've seen so far is oregon and you know they're they're suing it just reminds me of just how i don't know just how the holes in our democracy, right? You know, the, the weaknesses in our democracy, and that we really need to shore that up, you know, if Biden wins in November.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It really bothers me about how a lot of these things are not discussed. And we focus so much on his tweets and his personal attacks, but no one is focusing on the things that are going to serve as the underpinnings for our democracy. So all of those things were in me as well. And I just feel like right now, what he's doing is being used as a straw man. And unfortunately, it's. Not we're not focusing on the
0: right things at, at the right time. So as a constituent, so what are you doing between now and November to I guess right the ship? Um, I'm trying my best
1: to make sure everyone knows the importance of this election. How you know it's going to be the most consequential of our lifetime. Uh, you know Trump has already appointed two justices, and you know um, we have people on the Supreme Court who who are rather old, you know, and that's just the truth of the matter. And, you know, it's not just about the national elections, it's also about local elections. We have right now, everyone is still looking for justice for Breonna Taylor. Well, you have the, you know, uh, state's attorney there, Daniel Cameron, who's not doing his job. So you have to make sure that you're not only looking at things nationally, but also things locally. So I want to emphasize the importance of registering to vote, And I want to emphasize the importance of getting others registered to vote that you, you know, maybe in your friend or family circle. And then also making sure that we really research these candidates and what are their past voting records because that's going to determine the ways they may vote in the future. And so everyone just needs to really focus in on what's coming down the pike in November and make sure that they are being civically engaged
0: well oh. well Wendy Osefo, thank you so much for joining me today and I'll look for you on wait you're going to be on the latest um housewives right yes so
1: I am joining the real housewives of Potomac I will be um, starting season five with the ladies the show airs August 2nd at 9 p.m on Bravo TV I'm super excited to be joining the housewives I'm super excited for people to be able to see the other side of me besides this political that I am um, you know, you see me on TV talking about politics. I'm a professor, but I also have a fun side. I also let my hair down and I'm like everyone else. So I'm really, really excited for the world to get to see, you know, what Wendy's like when she's home or when she's around her friends.
0: <laughs> well, I can't wait. I'll watch you. Wait. <laughs> well, thank awesome. you so much for joining me. <laughs> have oh, a great thank day. you so much for having me. You too. Bye bye.